Uh, Tess, coming to you live. Hey, hey, Tess. Coming, coming to you live. Check, check. Right. Check, one, two. Yeah. Coming to you live. Live from here. So we're going to lay down some sweet beats for you. All right, coming at you live. Check it out. T-Money, here we go. All right, this is legit, y'all. What to do, what to do, what to do? It's Dunker Punk's podcast. All right, it's 2018 annual conference, national youth conference wrap-up. Break it down, Tyler. Is that, is that a cat? <laughs> it's like a cat or something? <laughs> nice. Nailed it. Welcome to the Dunker Punks Podcast. This past month, we have been on the road. We went to the Church of the Brethren annual conference in Cincinnati, Ohio, and then all the way out to Fort Collins, Colorado, to join up with the Church of the Brethren National Youth Conference. And so this week, we're doing a wrap-up, Dunker Punk style, and sharing with you some wonderful recordings and interviews we got um, from a bunch of different voices at each of the conferences by setting up a recording booth um, in the exhibit hall at Duke Energy Convention Center in Cincinnati and then at the NYC 2018 block party. We had a ton of people come to our booths at both events um, to talk to us about their perspectives on brethrenism on the conferences themselves, on just being in community with each other. So we're going to start with some of our interviews from the annual conference, which, I, like I said, took place in Cincinnati, Ohio, on July 4th to the 8th. And its theme was Living Parables, um, taken from Matthew 9, 35 to 38. Emmett Wachowski Eldred and I both conducted the interviews at annual conference, and so he's going to kick us off with two people who mean a lot to me and come from both my home church that I grew up in and then the church where I play music at now. And they're going to tell us a little bit about what brings people to annual conference. I'm Pearl Miller, and I'm from Warrensburg, Missouri. Hi, my name's Jerry O'Donnell. I'm from Washington, D.C. I have come almost every year for, I don't know, since I was a small child. Wow. My father was a pastor, and it's just in my blood. It's important to be here, even if I'm not a delegate. I am serving as delegate for my home congregation, the Washington City Church of the Brother. Do you have, like, a favorite annual conference or a favorite annual conference memory? Yes. Actually, Cincinnati. From a number of years ago, and I don't know what the year is, but we had um, in in our uh, church at Ivester in central Iowa, we had put together a play, uh, it was a musical, called Alice in Blunderland. And it, it kind of um, spoke in, a, in an interesting way, uh, in an amusing way, but a thoughtful way about uh, some of the issues that we were facing at the time in our culture, and um, so it was a cast of almost uh, 30 people. It was an intergenerational cast, and we came and performed three nights to uh, packed rooms every night uh, here at Annual Conference. Wow. So it was really a, um, a significant time in the life of our church. Yeah, that's amazing. 
I thought you were going to say at that time in Cincinnati that you were on the Dunker Punks podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> so no, that's this even is the, better. That's even better. This is sure. the next. <laughs> so Pearl and Jerry, what were you both looking forward to most about coming to annual conference? Yeah, I think fellowshipping uh, and reconnecting with faces you know I've met over the years and interacted with in a variety of locales um, and then coming together for a common purpose and uh, learning about you know more about who we are and uh, where we're headed um, and just the uh, connections we we continue to make and grow together uh, in uh, in this same spirit this year is the 60th anniversary of um, women gaining uh, their being able to be fully ordained and fully participate in the in the life of the leadership of the church and um, I was just ordained in April congratulations thank you and so that was a highlight for me to be a part of this body of women who over the years um, have experienced the affirmation of the church for our leadership. Part of doing the recording booth at annual conference was to see the spectrum of how people view the life of the Church of the Brethren. My name is Dinah Largo. I'm from Lybrook Ministry in, in Lybrook, New Mexico. It's okay. between... Cuba, New Mexico, and the state line of Durango and Colorado and New Mexico. What are some of the things uh, that you appreciate about your home congregation, that sort of ministries that you all are working on? Yeah, actually, let me go back to where, I de- where, I'm, where the library ministry is at now. used to be a, a mission school. Okay. And that's where I started school. And I went up to eighth grade there, and uh, that's where it led me to... To be where I'm at now, you know, I raised four kids, and they all have college degrees, and I, I always had to rely on, you know, our Heavenly Father that uh, to get where I'm at, and my mm. kids are successful in where they're at and where they're going, and now I want my grandkids to follow, you know, their Heavenly Father, and they, they're pretty good at that. They, you know, they practice teach, uh, praying and going to churches, and that's the beginning of my, my career was at Lybrook Mission. Cool. So coming to the, uh, uh, to take back to the uh, community is um, to let them know that, you know, they can do what they want to do or what they need to do to help others, to serve others. Um, is there anything else you would like to say to the uh, Church of the Brethren community on our podcast? Well, all I can say is that, uh, you know, to pray for one another other areas uh, is in drought, especially where I'm from. Yeah, <laughs> it's in drought, and we need rain. And then, uh, and more likely, sort of to to pray for peaceful rain instead of these grunching rain where you get a whole lot and then everything flows away and yeah. floods away. And also, you know, other areas that are needing, you know, some help and others. And it's not always about you; it's about who you help to get, you know, uh, in life. Yeah, I'm Aaron Lavender from Germantown Brick Church in Virginia. And I'm Tracy Lavender, also from Germantown Brick Church. And am I correct in assuming that you are married? We yes. are. Great. We've been married three and a half weeks now. Congratulations. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. <laughs> I think that you are our most newly married couple to be featured on the podcast. So you have awesome. that distinction to hang on your hats. 
What does it What does it mean to you to be young adults who are active and engaged in in the church? Um, what do you get from that opportunity to be leaders? I think um, trying to feel where the Spirit wants us to go as a church has been really, really important um, to try and um, figure that out. Being in these leadership roles has kind of given us a chance to question um, how we feel things need to go and how we're being um, led and pulled throughout all of these processes that we've been involved in. Yeah, it's been nice to have some input into the future direction of the church because we're losing younger people and need to get back and catch them because it's not that it's impossible it's just a daunting task Mm -hmm. so it's good to get the opportunity to try and work on that absolutely okay my name is Oris de Olio Originalmente soy de la República Dominicana, pero vivo en Roanoke, Virginia. He aprendido bastante, especialmente mm. en la actividad que tuvimos ayer en el almuerzo. Eso pues fue. aprendimos mm. que todo se soluciona orando. Hay muchas situaciones difíciles, pero he aprendido que debemos orar. Mm-hmm. Y enseñarle a nuestra iglesia que hay que orar por nuestros líderes, porque tienen una responsabilidad muy grande delante de Dios y... Mm-hmm. Pues tenemos que ir delante de Dios y pedirle que nos ayude, que nos ilumine y que nos dé sabiduría para poder seguir guiando al pueblo. ¿Hay algo que quieres decir a a los jóvenes de la iglesia, de de los hermanos que están escuchando? Sí, claro. Mi corazón está con los jóvenes y me preocupo mucho por ellos. Oro por ellos porque sé que están viviendo... Una situación muy difícil, es una edad muy difícil, donde tienen muchos amigos que no son creyentes, en el trabajo, en la escuela, y que ellos sean luz, que puedan siempre hablarle, y siempre le digo a mi hijo, tú tienes tus amigos que no son cristianos, tú debes ser la luz que los ilumine a ellos, que siempre mm. le hable de Jesús, que no deje que sean ellos que te aparten a ti del Señor, sino que seas tú que lo traigas a ellos. Y de hecho, sí, Él lo ha hecho, lo ha llevado a la iglesia y hemos tenido noches de jóvenes y hemos compartido con ellos juegos, hemos com- comemos pizza con ellos y ha sido sí. una actividad muy bueno. bonita con, con los jóvenes. Y bueno, pues gracias para compartir con nosotros. Y... Ok, gracias a ustedes. Sí. Bueno, que Dios les bendiga. Dios, amén. amén. Um, so our conference theme is living parables. Um, how do you guys relate to that, or what reactions do you have to that? What does it make you think about? I read a really awesome book. It's probably my favorite book of all time, oh, wow. called The Timekeeper by Mitch Albom. And it's a fable um, about... It follows three different people, but it basically writes about how... Um, Uh, it's a made-up story, obviously, about how time was created and how we started measuring time. And now, um, especially in developed countries, we're very strict about time. Like, if someone's five minutes late to your dinner, you feel really disrespected about that. But how um, a deer has never been late, a bird has never missed an appointment. Um, And I think that was a good way for me to be introduced to the idea of a parable and how... Um, learning lessons in symbolism is very powerful in helping us interact with 
stories of other people in our own personal lives. Wow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's great, Anne. <laughs> I wish Jesus had been clearer. <laughs> I wish he hadn't gone over and told all these stories and made us deduct what he meant. <laughs> because, you know, um, a neighbor household and our household at one point were trying just as hard as we could to follow Jesus. And we didn't even recognize the same Jesus. Hmm. You know, I did not recognize his Jesus and, and he ours. So if he had been, if he had spoken less in parables, <laughs> it probably would have been easier for me. <laughs> However, truly, that's kind of cool that um, that God leaves it up to our, our interpretation to some point, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, He keeps pointing us to each other, you know, mm-hmm. to the kingdom, to love, to um, getting along. And so um, I pray I listen. I'll add one more thing about parables, is I think that you're talking, Aunt Carol, about how you really like him to be direct about the meaning, and I think that is important, and I think in some books of the Bible, especially the Old Testament, we see a little bit more direct rules, but in the New Testament, we see a few more parables, and I think one thing that's very powerful about the parable is that it evolves with the people over time. It's still a story of the time, whereas the rules of the time may not be as effective to us as we evolve, but the stories and the principles stay behind. Amen on that. Amen. I'm, my name is Janet Crago, and I'm from Colorado Springs, Colorado. You know, we spent a, a number of years in Nigeria, and we know a lot of people we've worked off and on with uh, the Nigerian EYN, the Nigerian Brethren and uh, have many friends and we knew we were going to see some of our friends here and it's been several years since we've uh, been to annual conference so we decided it would be a lot of fun to come we always learn things have a good time so how do you feel like you relate to or what reactions do you have to the conference theme of living parables oh i really like that theme the living parables because uh Yes, I agree that so many of them you read and think they are very applicable to your a certain situation you're facing, and so they do live in your your mind and in your life. And so, I I really like the theme. So um, one of the things that has been a topic of discussion this year has been the compelling vision process for the Church of the Brethren. Um, do you have any? Thoughts about that, or what do you hope to see in the church's compelling vision for moving forward? Well, a compelling vision is is important. Um, I I think it's you need to be thinking in bigger terms all the time uh, to be able to be a vibrant church. And uh, the Church of the Brethren has a lot to offer, uh, and sometimes I think they don't think they have so much to offer. But they have a lot to offer, and uh, it's just a matter of, of learning where is our fit. Is it here, or is it here, or is it all of these? And what can we do that really stands out? And, you know, sometimes that's just a matter of individual churches finding their passion or their passions and doing it.
My name is Trent Smith, and I live in Clayton, Ohio. And you're part of Happy Corner? Uh, Happy Corner Church of the Brethren, that's correct. Well, like speaking of the compelling vision and stuff like that, is there anything that you particularly would like to see come of that process? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think for me, I would like to see us get to a place where, uh, where we at sort of different ends of the spectrum, so to speak, within the church uh, can really just appreciate the ministry that happens within, within a pretty diverse body. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things I, I think I've understood for a long time is that, you know, when I think about more conservative churches, you know, they're able to speak to a certain part of the population that maybe I couldn't connect with and, and hopefully vice versa as well. So I think uh, I just I hope we could get to a place where we can really forbear with one another in the midst of the, the really important ministry that we all do. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's hopefully what I'm a piece that I'm hoping comes out of that. And really just this renewed, not that it really has ever gone away, but I think a renewed emphasis on this like following Jesus piece, I think is a really important, a uh, really important thing that I think we've always, always held with everyone. It's just, it doesn't get emphasized in a way that, that feels like we're unified around that. Mm. But yeah. Do you consider yourself a dunker punk? You, I, you know what? I, I don't, this is going to sound <laughs> stupid. I don't feel like I'm cool enough to be a dunker oh, punk, <laughs> but I want to, I want to, I aspire to that. You have a man bun. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I aspire to that kind of, I mean, I, I, I do, I do want to consider myself like a, a really, in my best moments, right? A really intentional follower of Jesus. And so on my best days, I would hope that I would sort of qualify for lack of a better term, like in sort of dunker punk territory. Yeah. I think, uh, uh, I think I want to live, even if I'm not always doing it, I, my hope, my intention is to always live this sort of really radical kind of like countercultural faith that Jesus calls us to. So if that, if that's qualification enough, then yes. Um, but yeah, so I, I think on my best days, I hope to do that. Yeah, for sure. There were a lot of ways to participate in this year's annual conference from insight sessions to the worship services, focusing on living parables, fellowshipping in the exhibit hall and at luncheons and dinners and to coming together for business. Here are some takeaways and words of encouragement from some of this year's participants. I'm Gerald Rhodes. I'm from uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Are there any new ideas you've heard at this conference that you would like to bring back to your congregation in uh, Harrisburg? Well, the uh, effort at the global organization of the Church of the Brethren, um, we, our congregation is uh, multicultural and uh, have several families from Africa attending our services and as well as from some other countries and it's great to hear about uh, having more input from uh, the cultures around the world that are discovering the brethren that's awesome yeah I, I appreciate that too I was able to attend the um, it was like the the Spanish ministries luncheon yeah. yesterday and it was just so cool to be there and see the diversity that our, our church has and that's growing within our church. Yeah, it excites, excites me, that growing diversity and, and becoming more worldwide than just, well, uh, you know, Pennsylvania or... or exactly, or D.C. <laughs> or the country. <laughs> yeah, you know. My name is Blaine Miner. I live in Elgin, Illinois, but I'm the pastor at the Dixon Church of the Brethren in the Illinois-Wisconsin district. Uh, my name is Emmy Gehring. I'm from the McPherson Church of the Brethren, and I'm representing McPherson College. What's your advice for putting somebody in a grateful mindset as opposed to an anxious mindset? Thinking about what, you know, reflecting on your day and what went well. I mean, it's, it's, it's simple. Yeah. 
but we want to make it soaking, you know, hard and whatever. But it's, you know, what are you going to look for? Are you going to look for something that a positive thing or are you going to like nitpick everything? I think I just have to reflect day by day and think about, I mean, like you said, just the the positive things in life. I think things that can make you anxious or kind of, you know, looking to the like looking forward and kind of thinking about that. And I when I think of that, I kind of think of this big ball of just like fuzziness and I don't know if that yeah. makes any sense. So yeah. I think just thinking day by day on what I have um, each day. Are Dunker Punks optimistic? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say so. <laughs> um, I, I think we can definitely be kind of uh, uh, harsh on our current states and um, what we really need to fix. But I think overall we're a pretty optimistic group. Nice. Well, optimism comes out of hope. Yeah. And if you're excited about the denomination and i think that's why you came up with this this technology you know this media you're trying to figure out a way to communicate in a way that's meaningful to to younger folks I mean, because a lot of the complaints i've heard about the church is that well the music's boring and this that you know all that stuff and so you know because you haven't given up on the church you've got hope so it's easy to be grateful for the foundation that you got for sure uh matt riddle uh i pastor the franklin grove church of the brethren in northern illinois uh, i think with everything going on with the church right now you know the saying decisions are made by those who show up and uh even not as a delegate it's it's still important to to show up and make sure your voice is heard after listening to three or four what would your definition of a dunker punk be i'm kind of curious <laughs> Yeah. Well, the problem with listening to three or four is you just like pick a random three or four. True. And so um, perhaps there has been an explanation, and but I missed that podcast. Fair enough. Um, but I think generally it's about um, you know relating the old values in a new hip way. There is a podcast, right? Right. And uh, but we're still talking about brother and values, and so the combination of the new and the old, and. Uh, you know, uh, I always I have kind of a unique personality myself, and and my lived value is always you can be yourself and be, you know, Christian or or a pastor. Like I'm probably not the typical mold of a pastor, and so I, it's very similar to me. Like you know, you can be a punk rocker and still uh, be a dunker and etc. Um, yeah, I think well, I think everyone of different personalities. You always wonder, do I have to be a different person to do this thing I want to do? And um, and I'm of the mind that you don't. You know, exactly. regardless of where you come from on, on any spectrum, you can, uh, you can find a way to be yourself and still honor it, such as uh, being a dunker punk and having a podcast, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, we sometimes see a church we don't love or uh, agree with, and we question things. Um, but if you stay frustrated and quiet and on the sidelines, nothing ever changes. And so uh, we can disengage. Or we can dive in deeper and, and be a part of, of change. And I understand the disengagement, um, but it takes good people diving in deeper to, to affect change. And so that's all I would say. In continuing with the theme of conference takeaways, I talked with Xander about how his hanging around Brethren events uh, helped him to build relationships within the international denomination and how that has affected his life and helped him to build new friendships. My name is Xander Willoughby. Um, I'm from Grand Rapids, Michigan originally. Uh, I just graduated from Manchester, and I'll be the Peace Studies coordinator there next year. 
Yeah, I do. I kind of want to hear a little bit more about your Nigeria experience um, and how that fits in with, or like how you got called to do that and stuff like that. So it, it's sort of a fun story. Um, I was doing ministry summer service at Beaver Creek Church of the Brethren just out of Bridgewater um, in the Shenandoah Valley. And that was the year that the Nigeria Women's Choir came through. I think this was 2015. And so I was the only person in the area who like knew Nigerians or about other cultures, I'll right. put it that way. <laughs> and so a lot of people came to me. They're like, what do, the, what do they eat for breakfast? Like, what do we, what do, we do? I was like, well, like tea cereal oatmeal yeah um and so after the choir um there are a couple people i don't even remember who i know one was susan mark who's head of women's ministry for um eyn and then another couple um and we ended up talking until about three in the morning that day which must have been exhausting for them but i'm glad we did and so that night i messaged stan Nofsinger, who was general secretary at the time I said, okay, Stan, like, it's all well and good to do fundraisers, bake sales, thoughts and prayers, stuff like that, but what can I actually do for Nigeria? So he responded, and he said, okay, let me think about this. And I didn't hear anything for a couple weeks. And I told him, I won't make any plans next summer. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. So I was expecting to be an Elgin sorting um, donations, helping with visas, do some office work, stuff like that. Yeah. So then two weeks later, Stan messaged me. He's like, hey, do you want to go to Nigeria? Wow. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he connected me with Carl and Roxanne Hill, who at the time they were both in charge of the Nigeria crisis response. And they put everything together. And at first I thought I was going to be helping lobby embassies in Abuja for um, like aid money to fund different projects, things like that. And then I get there, and they're like, yeah, you're going to go all over the Northeast. You're going to go to Maiduguri. You're going to be up in Adamawa State. You're going to, like, see it all pretty much and not be in offices for the summer. Wow. <laughs> it's like, all right. We continued our conversation in talking about how being Christian and being called to ministry can manifest itself in so many different ways. When I did MSS, I was an intern in a congregation. Um, and I think it was my last Sunday I gave a sermon and it was titled why I'm not going to be a pastor. (laughs) (laughs) So if anybody at Beaver Creek listens to this, like, I love you all, but (laughs) pastoral ministry is just not for me. Um, and I'm very interested as much at young adult conferences. Yeah, I mentioned that (laughs) sort of a theme of my sermons. So I'm really interested in international relations, human rights, refugee stuff, migration, nerdy policy stuff sure. um not necessarily what you think of as traditional ministry and so to be able to see humanitarian aid projects and trauma healing and conflict resolution and action and having that be a type of ministry was really powerful and so just to be in that in that space and to know that i can actually do this as a career was really powerful Um, And so that sort of helped, after being in Palestine, to sort of develop my passion for refugee work. Um, That's why I did my internship the summer after in Grand Rapids, and sort of helping me collect my thoughts and knowing sort of what I wanted to do. 
We'd like to thank everybody that came out and talked to us at the recording booth this year. We got so many good interviews, and we look forward to using what we didn't use today in future podcasts. Our denomination is full of diversity and love, and it was so cool just to hear everybody's visions for what's next, what's to come. And for the Dunker Punks podcast, what was next was National Youth Conference 2018. So here we head now to Fort Collins, Colorado. We set up another recording booth at the block party and interviewed a bunch of the youth, youth workers, advisors about National Youth Conference, the themes, and what they're excited about within the Brethren community. So here we go. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Dunkapunk Podcast, live from NYC 2018 Block Party. Thank you, Carrick, for that lovely introduction. Uh, one of the best things about NYC is all the activities you get to do and its location, which is right by the Rockies. So some of the youth and advisors were excited about walking up and down the side of a mountain. My name is Deontay Brown. I'm from Bremen, Indiana. My name is Mina Simmons, and I'm from Roanoke, Virginia. My name is Julian Tissue, and I'm from Maryland. I am Tara Dragonheart Fessler, as people like to call me. Um, I am from Lebanon, Pennsylvania, and I go to Mount Wilson Church of the Brethren. All right, I'm Kelsey Eichenauer, um, and I'm from the Manchester Church of the Brethren. I'm Cohen Marvel. I'm from the Wabash Church of the Brethren. Right. I'm Chuck Martin from Hollins Road, five-time NYCer. <laughs> Big man in the house. Yeah, there you go. Anything you're looking forward to in the in the rest of the week? Hiking. Hiking. Hiking? Yes. Yes. Nice. Have you ever hiked in the Rockies before? Nope, so it'll be a new adventure. What about you? I know I'm looking forward to going on a hike tomorrow with my nice. group. I'm looking Coming forward up. to the hike in the Rockies. Oh, yeah? So, yeah, yeah, that'll be oh, real nice. Have you done sure. that in the past? I have, yes, yes. It's a good time. Oh, I'm looking forward to the Rockies, too. Nice. Yeah. I mean, the Rockies hike, I've been quite a few times, but every time is different, so. I'm excited for hiking because I really like hiking. NYC has a ton of activities to do besides hiking, so here's just a few more. My name is Renee West, and I'm from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, well, today I ran the 5K, and this wow, is my... Wow, woke up early. <laughs> <laughs> this is my first 5K that I ran um, without walking, so it was a big accomplishment for me. Good job, nice. Yeah. Um, but I came to NYC... I'm one of the lucky ones who get to go twice, so this is my second time, and... So I'm just excited for what's to come for this week. Sweet, yeah. Is there anything that you're like super excited about to get to see or hear or do? I really like playing sand volleyball at night. Nice. That's always like a very like it's always there. So now it's do you have like a that. team that you're going to play with? No, or, I just okay. like <laughs> join. I was asked again this year to be one of the musicians for the worship services. So that's mostly what I got to participate in. Um, at the time of this recording, we'd only done two out of the ten worship services we would be doing that week um, with speakers from inside our denomination and outside our denomination, all powerhouses from different points of view uh, talking on the theme of Bound Together and Clothed in Christ. So here's some of our interviews about the worship services at NYC. My name is Marcus. I'm from uh, of Florida in Florida. Um... I'm from Indiana. Um, I'm with Crest Manor Church of the Brethren. Oh, um, I'm, my name's Maddie. Okay, Maddie, welcome. Um, I really appreciated the worship today about um, love and 
respect and all that. Yeah, Dana preached a really yeah, powerful sermon. Oh man. Yeah, I I really loved Jeff Carter's message last night. I mean, he nailed it on the head, and I think it was it was such a brilliant way to start NYC, just talking about labels and the labels that we carry, uh, that we put on ourselves, and people put on us, and just the fact that we're beloved. You know, we're reminding us who we belong to and whose we are. I think was so. It, a great way to start out NYC. Yes. I'm Ben Tipton from the uh, Southern Ohio District Church of the Brethren, uh, New Carlisle Congregation. Um, I'm Anna Weibel, and I'm from Dayton, Ohio, and the Salem Church of the Brethren. Um, I've really appreciated the worship a lot. Um, all the singing that we've done has been really cool, and the... Uh, I just like the feeling of the worship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Is there any particular style that vibes with you really well, or I I like all the music. Tying the ribbons together. Oh, yeah. Yeah, tying the ribbons Can together. Can you describe yesterday. that a little bit for people who weren't here and couldn't? Yeah, we all had a little piece of cloth, and then we tied them together. And it took a lot to get the whole room to get all of those tied together, and we had to pass it all up, and, and it got tangled. But we all were able the... to. Cross. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember what the what tying your individual strips together kind of symbolized? Um, it symbolized uh, that we were bound together in Christ, clothed yeah. in Christ. Um, my name's Taylor, and I'm from Johnstown, Pennsylvania. I am Michaela, and I am from Frederick, Maryland. I'm Seo, and I'm from I'm from Monroe. I like learning the new songs. It's really cool to like. Learn songs that aren't on the radio and songs that you're not used to listening to and just connecting with everybody. Awesome. Um, I agree with, like, the songs. Alabama's is my favorite. Um, nice. Yeah. What, what songs do you like? Build Your Kingdom Hill. That's one of my favorite songs. Oh, that one's so good. We, when we was doing, like, the, the first day when I came, they, had, they were playing it when we had the popsicles, and I was jamming out with it. Um, I am Holly Conklin, and I'm from Dayton, Ohio. I'm Rachel, and I'm from Martinsburg, Pennsylvania. My name is Jordan Charlie from Washington, PA. Definitely the songs this week have been really good, and they've only spoken to me a lot. Um, and I think I definitely, like, for sure want to bring those back. I really liked the one we sang today about, like, Love Can Change the World. Yeah. That one just, like, really spoke to me because nice. it's, like, something that I feel like we don't have a lot in our society is, like, love. And so I just really think that... I like completely agree with the song title, yeah. and <laughs> and it's got a beat, and you can dance to it. Yeah, like exactly. That. Jordan, what uh, what songs did you like so far at worship? Um, Kate, Revolution. What about you? Anything, Rachel? Um, the song, our theme song this year is definitely one of my favorites. Similar to the Insight Sessions at Annual Conference, uh, National Youth Conference has workshops for both youth and advisors to learn new things about faith and culture. My name is Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> okay. No, sorry. My nice. name is Lee Saylor. I'm a, uh, I act like a pastor, but I'm not very good at it. Yeah. We, uh, we just, I just came from one uh, talking about Star Wars as a means of practical and modern theology and a way of using that kind of as an introduction into... Um, uh, different ways of showing how theology is very active and present within our worlds, even if we don't know it. Um, Steve Schweitzer, the dean at, at uh, Bethany Seminary, taught that, and I also um, will be going to one he's teaching about Doctor Who. 
uh, oh, because cool. I'm a massive nerd. Okay. I, I was like, you're a Hoovian? Oh, oh yeah. My wife uh, made a shirt for me. Uh, it says Hu-Tang. Uh, so it's got like the Wu-Tang symbol, but it's got the TARDIS fashioned as well, that too. That is the nerdiest thing I've heard yeah. all day. Oh, and you it, win. it is going to be worn, so we have to wear the college shirts tomorrow. So the next day, when I don't have to wear something specific, I'm wearing it with an abundance of pride. Oh, my god! Because it looks stellar. When I attended National Youth Conference for the first time as a youth, some of the messages that the speakers brought were very eye-opening. And so it was helpful for me to meet with small groups after worship services to decompress my thoughts and also hear uh, other perspectives on what these speakers were saying. Uh, For me, it's been uh, worship uh, tying in with the small groups. I've got a nice small group, about 15 people. So some nice themes and uh, messages so far from our speakers that really get some good participation in a small group atmosphere. And I really am um, enjoying the small group today. Really? Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Um, like what, what the small group experience is like and things like that? We got on the topic of um, extraordinary love. Okay. And I just, um, I've kind of been trying to show that to someone in a situation this past this past month and stuff so like that really spoke to me because I'm trying to show that to someone I never really put it into words of what I was doing but now I have some words to explain what I'm doing so that's nice hi everyone my name is Christy Krause and I'm from Warrensburg Missouri and I'm here at NYC helping with translation some people here speak Spanish and it's been a blast. I hear you're in a or you're helping out in a small group with one with Marcus. Hello, that is very small true. Small group one ten. Yeah, small group one ten. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was a surprise. I, I didn't know I'd see Marcus's face when I got to yeah. my small group, and yeah. then I did. Do you mind if I take over this interview? So basically, <laughs> how good was that small group? <laughs> That was pretty awesome, actually. Yeah. I was very surprised. Me too. I I was enthused. Matt Riddle, who we heard earlier as an interviewee in the annual conference recordings, sent in a recording that he did with his small group. Check it out. Okay, uh, my name is uh, Matt Riddle. I'm here with uh, uh, my small group at National Youth Conference. I'm the advisor for uh, Highland Avenue, uh, despite being a pastor of a different church and uh, the Illinois-Wisconsin District Youth Advisor. Uh, We're here interviewing uh, Daniel, uh, and I want to comment that uh, I went to NYC with Daniel's dad, but uh, could you uh, tell me where you're from, Daniel? I'm from Peace Valley, Missouri. Uh, Wonderful. And did you hike? Um, What do you mean Oh, you're about to hike. Yeah. I wrote that question down uh, and then didn't use my head during the interview, but you're going to hike today. The intermediate? Uh, The hard. The hard. They're calling it the difficult by the way, but you're doing the difficult hike. Okay. Okay. What's something that's uh, surprised you this week? Uh, I was surprised how much the youth just came together. I mean, we come from all over the country. Very, I mean, compared to the amount of people, you, you don't know very many. And just seeing the people, I mean, there were times when they just got in big circles or just joined together in worship, and it was it's just amazing. Uh, yes, that is wonderful. Uh, are you ready for more NYC, or uh, is it time to head home tomorrow? You know, I'm sad it's going to end tomorrow. Um, I mean, if it weren't for the fact that it had to end and that I have camp next week, I would definitely stay longer. As would I. Uh, would you come back to uh, NYC in four years? Definitely. Um, 
I'm not in that lucky age group that I can come at twice as a youth, but I may be able to come as a youth worker in the future. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, thinking about your home church or your family, what do you think you might uh, share as you go back? How amazing the fact that the church isn't as dead as sometimes we think it is. Uh, there are, There is still revival in the air. That's a great answer. Uh, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Mint chocolate chip all the way. That was very quick. You knew right off. All right. And how do you think this week might live on for you? Well, it definitely restores me some confidence in um, people because uh, I am at a small Christian school. We just don't see very many Christians. But seeing this massive number is just it's amazing. Uh, thanks so much for your time, Daniel. Go on to that hike. I know you'll mm -hmm. enjoy it here. All right, our next uh, interview is with uh, Chloe, and where are you from? Bridgewater, Virginia. Bridgewater, Virginia, and you're also about to go on the hike. Are you doing the difficult hike as well? No, I'm doing the intermediate. Intermediate yeah. hike, okay. Uh, I did the easy hike yesterday, so hopefully you'll enjoy the intermediate one. What's something that's uh, surprised you this week? Um, all the love that you can feel just as soon as you walk in. It's just like everyone's so welcoming and compassionate. Mm -hmm. uh, are you ready for more NYC or is it time to head home tomorrow? Oh, I would love to stay. It'd you'd, be great. You'd yeah. love to stay. It's been great. Yep. Now that's uh, a really interesting answer. I understand uh, there was something uh, at your home church about coming out or not. Yeah, there was a bit of conflict regarding um, some of the topics that might have been spoken here and our youth leaders didn't think that youth should be exposed to that. So. Um, being here is honestly a great, you know, opportunity for me to show my love for Jesus. And so you, you kind of took the initiative to, with a few others from your youth group to come out. Yeah, we did our own fundraising and we did our own organization to try to get here ourselves without the church's help. And uh, that's wonderful. I'm so glad uh, you guys did that. And as you, you go back home, uh, how are you going to interact with your church then as you go back? Um, I'm going to be very loving towards them, you know, regardless of all the conflict that happened. I'm just going to um, let everyone know that it was a great experience for me and that I hate that the other youth couldn't experience this life-changing thing. Would you come back? Definitely, yeah. <laughs> a strong response. And uh, how do you think this week might live on for you as you go back? Um, I'm definitely going to be um, noticing more Christianity, like Christian acts out in public and stuff to see what I can do more to help. Oh, that's great. And, and favorite flavor of ice cream? Vanilla. Vanilla. All right. Thanks so much, Chloe. Go enjoy the hike. Like any other Brethren Conference, National Youth Conference is a great place to see people from the greater Brethren community that you might not have seen for a while. And so I had the privilege of getting to interview one of the cooks from my church camp in southern Missouri. Um, and she was talking about one of the service projects she was, she's involved with at NYC. Uh, I'm Ann Zimmerman. I'm from West Plains, Missouri. I go to Peace Valley Church of the Brethren. And Jacob used to go to camp. I, yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. so great to see you. So it's really great to see my little campers grow up and be um, decent people. Oh, that's you know, so that I can be proud of. I had a very inspiring uh, work 
Workshop. Workshop. Yeah. With the Hades diapers, because I got the pattern and I'm going to make some. That's awesome. Isn't that cool? That's really cool. That was. Do you want to explain what that is, what that project is? Yes. It's just that we get old T-shirts, and they've got a pattern, and you make diapers that they keep i mean you know it's not like we we throw away the diaper well they use they're reusable they're reusable and um they're very colorful and the children down there even uh, after they took them down there they got to decorate them and they and she said that they oh they loved that oh that's awesome yes that was very nice and that I just thought that was neat. I love little babies. And it was so cute to see all some little babies there with their fancy diapers on, you know. Oh, that's it just, sweet. It was great. It was really great. An event as big as National Youth Conference isn't easy to put on without tons of help. So I thought it'd be interesting to get a youth worker's perspective. So two of my friends uh, who are youth workers and also helped me set up the tent that was keeping the rain off of us during these recordings sat down and told us a little bit about what it's like to be a youth worker. Carrick Vanossel. From? From McPherson, Kansas. And? And Dylan McPherson. From Not McPherson. Yeah, there, there is fear. In I put the fear back in it. <laughs> and I'm from Dayton, Ohio. Awesome. And these are two uh, youth workers here at National Youth Conference. And we would like to get a youth worker's perspective. What, what does it mean to be a youth worker at National Youth Conference? Being a youth worker means you get to be the uh, kind of the, the glue for National Youth Conference. You're, you're kind of in charge of, of everything. But not in charge of anything. You're not in charge of anything, <laughs> but, but asked to do everything. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> or the worker bees. Yeah, so we just, we're here kind of just running behind the scenes, uh, sort of sun up to sundown, just setting things up, making sure that tables are in place and people get where they need to be, just kind of making everything run. How did you get this sweet gig? So about six months or so ahead of time, you apply and... Uh, you hope you get in, I guess. It's a volunteer gig. They pay for your travel and lodging and stuff like that, and then you just work for the conference the whole week. Yeah, that's that's the, the that's, deal. That's the gist of it. <laughs> so no, it's it's what, great. Because I was gonna say what. So what's exciting about it for you guys? That's also just like different from being because you have attended in the past as yeah. youth to national youth conference. What's like different about this experience? Yeah. So I was a I was a youth participant in 2010. And then I did a youth worker in 2014 and doing the youth worker thing again now. I really just love NYC, right? So mm. it's a great chance if you're out of the age group that comes as a participant, you know, it's a great chance to come back and really just be in this environment um, and understand that you're not, you're not part of, you know, you're not an attending member at the conference, but you still get to see a lot of people that you, you know from across the country and uh, just be in that brethren community. The Church of the Brethren is growing more and more diverse, and people flew from across the world to attend National Youth Conference. To get a little better perspective, uh, I interviewed my sister, Christy Krause, who is one of the translators for the youth who came from Spain. How is translation, because that's new for you, right? Like translating for worship services and stuff like that? Yeah. How, how has that experience been so far? Yeah, no, I've never done it before. So it's been a very interesting and wonderful experience, actually. Um, you listen to the sermon a lot more when you translate than mm. if you don't. 
So that's something. <laughs> um, I don't know what you're talking about. I always like pay attention to every word. Okay. Every well, word. Um, yeah, it just and it also makes you kind of aware of how different our worship style is than the worship style of the people you're translating for because you can you can just kind of tell like not just in like the words and the phrasing of words but in just like yeah no not only the words and the phrasing of the words but also the music when i asked about the, how they like the music they're like yeah it's different and that's like the only thing they could say it's different very different and i think it's yeah it's super shocking to them but at the same time this is us over here in Colorado, <laughs> and so I think it's good that they get to be here and see, you know, what's going on. My name is Gabe. I am from Shenandoah Valley, Harrisonburg, Virginia. So one thing I do want to say, though, is our kids, when they first came here, were like, I don't want to sing any songs in another language. And I think they're coming around, because today I feel like, I mean, the worship of the songs... I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but when when there's more of a body doing it, you think, well, you know, when people are guests here, they're singing in our language, mm-hmm. um, and God speaks lots of languages. Alevamos. So um, when you mentioned earlier, teaching uh, the music has been helpful in learning the words, both in English, but I would imagine also in these other languages, being able to teach the kids. You know, new languages that are probably new new to them and stuff like mm-hmm. that. We're going to do some in like Zimbabwean. Zimbabwe and, and Zimbabwe. most of the youth have some experience with Spanish, right? And so it's good to put it in a different context than just in the classroom and school. Yeah, no, that's been a cool part too. I saw one of the girls today um, from Spain. She was videoing like the Spanish song, and and she said on it, she's like, "They're singing in my language." Here in the United States, and it was cool, you know. So she <laughs> identified nice. with that, and I, they've been singing the English songs. They have no idea what they mean, but they've just been, you know, having fun with that too. Maybe so we should just have one service of where we sing only Spanish songs. I would love that so much. See how that goes. So many relationships and friendships are made at an event like this. I can't tell you how many friends I still have from that first National Youth Conference experience I had in 2006. Many of them are advisors and youth workers you've heard in some of the interviews today. But especially being a youth who lived in a district where there weren't a lot of brethren my age, it was such a powerful experience to get to connect with with other people who were like me culturally, who wanted to follow Jesus in the same way that I did. It's an experience that still resonates in my heart. Actually, me and Jillian were walking yesterday, and a bunch of people came up and asked if we wanted to be friends with them. And we've kind of now have a group chat of about 30 people. I like the atmosphere, um, meeting new people. It's like 1,200 kids here. I think that's what they said. Yeah. It's a lot of people to meet. Probably not going to happen, but nice. I'm hoping for it. Obviously, just meeting as many people as I possibly can. Um, just try to meet new people and connect with God and find a deeper feeling for Him. I was just kind of curious, um, as a, a shyer person, if you are able to find a nice space for yourself, recharging and stuff like that at this. 
I usually hide around in my dorm somewhere and just draw for a little bit to calm my nerves. And nice. I have social anxieties, so it doesn't yeah. really help much. But it's good to at least have quiet places. Yeah. Especially with the oasis down by, um, I believe, where we eat and stuff. That's uh, also a great place to hang out. In the yeah, the basement of that building, there's like a quiet room. Yeah, that's really nice. Awesome. Yeah, because sometimes it can be really tough with like you know 1,200 youth out here. It gets pretty overwhelming, as you can probably hear, listeners in the background. <laughs> All <laughs> okay. the people. Like her, I I normally just either hang out at my dorm or go somewhere that doesn't really have a lot of people. Yeah. But people that I can still like talk to and. Get to know. Yeah, and I, I think thankfully, like in a campus this size, there's plenty of space yeah, too. That's great. Building relationships, I think, is really important too. I mean, I think that's a small step that will help this not just be the mountaintop, but just kind of a checkpoint on the mountain that we can keep climbing and building off of. And this is the good atmosphere that's set up for that to happen small groups, workshops, and just the fact that you eat next to. People you don't know. You got. You can't not talk to people. NYC is such a unique and powerful experience. And like I said earlier, there's 10 worship services and tons of activities to try to wrap your head around and decompress. So it was good to hear from advisors how they plan to make space for talking about NYC and relating that experience back to the youth's communities. I appreciate as well, too, the, the, the time. We're taking a few days afterwards, and I know that with everybody's schedule, sometimes it gets tricky to do that, but I yeah. think it's an important time to both decompress and start to process what this experience is. Um, I came here as a youth. This is my second time as an advisor, hmm. and, and this experience is one that you have to start talking about uh, because when you go home, people aren't always going to understand because they didn't experience it, and so sometimes you have to have some support and, and processing. True. Um, much like in a, you know something to help cover you and protect you in the midst of it. Much like you and I are protected right now from the rain. I think for me, it's probably more what I don't see, but what I hear. Like um, for NYC, it's such a mountaintop experience, you know. And uh, we all are enthusiastic and passionate when we come here, but then we have to go down to the valley, and sometimes we kind of lose that, lose that spark. But. Uh, I think for me, it's just uh, seeing the youth so passionate about what we're we're learning this week, and that they take it and they really do something with it beyond just you know the next two weeks or three weeks. But it becomes it speaks to their hearts, their soul, and you know it really does stick with them. You know what I mean? What What do you think could be ways for youth to be engaged leaving here so that? that message can continue and that they can like continue expanding upon these messages that they're hearing yeah like um you know i think oftentimes we think of big things we can do but there are such little things you know to show extravagant love it doesn't have to be this big i started this organization or i started this big movement but it's it's that i'm going out and i'm just constantly telling people jesus loves you Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Uh, they're just passing in our district. Every time I see him, he just says, Jesus loves you before he leaves. You know, something like that. That's cool. Or or simple things like um, serving in their local congregation. Uh, maybe it's not just sitting, you know, being consumer, but actually going out and, 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 and serving in a, you know, deep, powerful way. 
So that's NYC Dunker Punks. It's a special place where our name was born. If you ever doubt that you should be a part of this event, just listen to some of the people who've attended. Well, if you get the opportunity to come, uh, you know, if the, if the age falls right, and you get to come twice. Uh, you should definitely take advantage any opportunity to come out here, whether it's uh, as an advisor to volunteer or as a youth as well. You should definitely, nice. definitely take advantage. I mean, I'll just kind of piggyback off of what he said. If you do end up coming, you should definitely uh, make the most of it, meet new people, get out of your shell, do all that jazz. Awesome. Well, that's what I was going to say. Get outside your comfort zone, do things you're uncomfortable with, and you're going to have a good time regardless. We're having a great time here at NYC. Yeah, if you ever get the chance to come to NYC, definitely do it. It's a lot of fun. You should, like, come to NYC because it's a lot of fun. Man, come to NYC, right? Um, keep at it. Like, the world more than ever needs needs the Dunker Punks and needs, needs you, needs us. All right, you heard it. The world needs us, Dunker Punks. Go do you, and always remember, we're bound together and clothed in the love of Christ. The Dunker Punks podcast is produced by a bunch of young adults who attend the coolest of conferences. Suzanne Lay is our executive producer. I'm Jacob Krause, today's host, music producer, and this week's hardest working audio editor. Big thanks to Emma and Suzanne for helping with the recording booths this past month. If you want to be a part of the podcast, there are a multitude of ways to participate. We're looking for a paid internship through On Earth Peace to join the crew. We could always use more people to contribute audio for future episodes. So email us at dpp at arlingtoncob.org if you're interested in either of those or if you have another talent you'd like to contribute. Join the Dunker Punks conversation on your favorite social media at Dunker Punks Pod. We had a lot of conversations in our booths, so keep an ear out for more annual conference and National Youth Conference content in future episodes. So for now, keep it real, my people. Hey, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to Smooth Jazz Love 94. Thank you so much. We hope to uh, talk to you again tomorrow. Isn't that how you did it? No? No.